Welcome back to the Signal to Noise podcast on ProSoundWeb, sponsored by Shure. My name is Michael Lawrence. I'm the technical editor of ProSoundWeb and Live Sound International. And as always, I'm joined by my exceedingly handsome co-hosts, Chris Leonard and Kyle Turnside. What's going on, boys? What's up? I wore my nice shirt for you. Yeah. Kyle dressed for the occasion. He's got his he, Sunday best. He's trying desperately hard to make this a video vlog. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's wearing a Sunday best. Trying to get my inner Joe Rogan on right now, for sure. <laughs> We should just keep going and see how far we can put. Maybe you can get it like into a, get you into a tux by episode twenty five or so. I bought a suit. I haven't owned a suit in a very long time, and I work at this church. And I wanted to surprise everybody, so I walked in in a suit one week, and I got so many hugs. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like, oh, who's the new guy? Oh. <laughs> well, plus you you got rid of the beard and everything. You're you're a new person. I am a new person right now. Hey, it's a new year, new person. We're, we're doing the thing. Yeah, and it, the evolution continues. We had You had like the father time beard when we started, <laughs> and then you went to the mustache, and now you've just got like a, like a really nice salt and pepper kind of stubble thing going on. So. Well, I am getting older, you know, so <laughs> parent-teacher conferences, like I got to show up and be all respectful. I can't wear a Cro-Mag shirt, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just odd. Like I'm not trying to beat up anybody at school. They don't need to see my Cro-Mag shirt. Like that's that's until, silly. Until your kid gets to high school, and then you can switch it up a little bit, right? A <laughs> little bit, you know. Kemper's Kemper's ruling right now. She uh she's been playing some drums, and she comes down and mixes stuff when I get a wild hair. It's pretty funny. Like, it, it's cool to see your kid into your stuff, but at the end of the day, you're like, no, don't do it. Be a lawyer. <laughs> or going so, going to politics. Kyle, I, I don't use Facebook, but my girlfriend does, and she's friends with you on there, and she sent me a picture that you posted. It was, I guess, you in uh, in high school, was it? Was it? Is that what yeah. that was? <laughs> um, sophomore year, I kind of resembled a, a really bad Scott Bayo. That's the only <laughs> way I could. Scott Bayo mixed with Tony Hawk. Did that just, I told you, that's my age. Well, <laughs> tell you what, like, um, I, I spent... A couple days and i went back and i listened to some episodes we did and we're kind of on a roll right now like uh that last one that came out was really good i was really enjoying it we're moving forward new year um made some phone calls i made a call to my friend grace uh i met her in arizona when i was uh in between tours i'd work at a local venue there the marquee and i found out that she was a studio engineer and it was crazy to me because as a live person um you always kind of shake your head when you hear that someone from the studio is coming out to mix and stuff <laughs> but this this chick rips like she didn't put up with no junk she did her gig she hit the road in no time like other people were running her studio at home um when she came home she was like the superstar you know it, it was it was cool in phoenix because i think the guys who worked at the venue when they le left and came home it was like Everyone is proud of you. Like th that's hard to even say because in other markets, I don't think that's the case. If you leave and come home and you go back to your old gig, it's like someone had already replaced you. I'm talking <laughs> shit about you. <laughs> but it was cool in Phoenix because we all got along. There was a small community of us. Uh, a bunch of people were standouts. But my friend Grace is with us today. We're super excited to have her. 
um, she's she's done it now. This is what you're going on sixteen years this year. Seventeen this year, yeah, on the road. Seventeen yeah. since I left the marquee. Thanks so much for having me, Kyle. You'll always be punk rock to me, bud. Uh, <laughs> even with don't say that in front of my daughter. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I grabbed I grabbed onto a punk rock tour. That was my first like get out of Arizona free card. Um, I I jumped on with the no use for a name, no effects, poor habit, useless ID. You know all the uh, fat records, gang, and Cocaine you know fast beer. forward. Yeah, you know it. And the the you know like five years into it, I think Mike from Fat Records finally admitted, like, <laughs> yeah, we we took you because we thought it'd be funny, and then you turned out to be really good. <laughs> that's a t- you know what? A, I'll take it. I'll take that's it. A tough group of kids. I mean, you. Um, it was weird because No Use for a Name did kind of like this weird pick the sound person from Phoenix Market for a minute. And then you handled it like it was insane. Um, it it was weird that those West Coast bands didn't pick from the L.A. market. They kind of moved away from that. That was weird. Yeah, super weird. I, I don't know how that worked out, but I definitely, you know, rode that thing like a bunket in Bronco for a decade. And I absolutely love what I learned from those punk rock tours. Like still to this day, when I go to staff a tour and I hear that they're not carrying consoles, they have no control. I'm just like, holy shit, where am I going to get somebody that knows every single console can tune a room with their ears and pretty much run the show by themselves and is willing to do it for cheap as balls, you know, and, uh, uh. it's, it's impossible sometimes to staff that kind of gig, but that is where I cut my teeth got really really good and just after a while you're like oh it's a console it's got gain and it's got eq and okay cool oh and half of it doesn't work great those are the best tours like being a punk rock metal kid from the late 80s early 90s like those tours are something like once you go out and do your big tours and you do your around the world and you're in Japan and you're like, I'm in Japan, weird. And you come home and someone offers you like this tour where you're in a van with a bunch of like hardcore kids. It's like almost a guilty pleasure. It's like <laughs> right? listen, listening to emo. It's super guilty pleasure. Like you feel like you want to be in that van again for that energy. It's weird. It's, that's where I got that attitude like own nothing you know like you guys you guys can literally see i'm on a boat like i live on a boat uh i love not owning things and it was super weird coming home and like having a couch gave me mad anxiety like i I can't i can't handle the responsibility of a couch you know someone's got to rent a place for this couch to live like no way so yeah there's no house plants on the boat that's for sure but i i don't own any microphones other than uh you know i I, I guess I, I have a mentor that gave me an awesome um, shotgun mic a while back and was like, all right, you know, this I'll keep because it was kind of a, a cool, like, present, like, handing off of the sword, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't own anything still to this day. I use my network and my vendors and I make sure I have really tight relationships. And when I need something, I go and get it. You know, I ask the right people and ta-da. Still don't own a couch or a console. <laughs> so you got you got thrown into it, though. I remember when you got thrown into it because I was at the venue that week. What were your feelings like? 
you always come with this cool confidence because I remember by week two, you were running the studio and doing sound and whatever else you had to do at the venue at the same time. Like it didn't phase you for some reason, which was super no, cool. No, that, that's just the way my face looked. I, I was totally <laughs> phased. I, I totally like, you know, I remember the kids from the arena calling me the, I think it was train was the band that their monitor engineer walked off. And that was my first like live sound gig was like, Hey, can you come mix monitors at the arena? Like this guy literally just took his USB key and jetted like, yeah, is that like headphone mixes with speakers? Sure. You know? (laughs) So I definitely learned the physics and the way sound works in the studio. Uh, Of course, there's a lot more physics to learn out in venues and, Kyle, I think you were the first person to really tell me, like, quit leaning on some of this technology, like, use your ears. If if you can't tell me what Smart's doing, I don't care. I'll go kick over your microphone, like, walk, <laughs> walk the room. Sorry, walk Jamie. Walk the room. If, if you're, uh, if you're, you know, if you're... If, your balcony sounds like shit compared to your floor. You got holes in the floor when you walk across and the low end's missing in places. Like, let's talk about how you can fix it, you know? And so, yeah, again, going on those punk rock tours where, like, you're the one and only tech. You're, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to do gorgeous arena catered awesome stuff. But now, you know, I still lean on what I learned on those tours where it's like, you got to do it yourself. You don't have someone ringing out your room for you or doing your patch for you. Like you're it. You might have some half drunk local that's like fighting you on the whole process. <laughs> Shocking! I've never heard that before. <laughs> Isn't that the, like the, there's like the, it's sort of like the wonderful irony of the thing that the worse the tour is, the more you learn from it. You know, um, I'm thinking back to when I was 19 and 20, and, and my first tour was like you know everything's broken every night. Um, usually doing monitors from front of house, usually the board, uh, you know, is analog and not all the channels work. Usually the snake is analog and not all the channels work. Sometimes the subs don't work. Sometimes house left doesn't work. And it's like, um, that's how I learned about, you know, RF coordination and, you know, Hey, 15 minute sound check. And if it takes me 12 to get this lead vocal, right, we're going to do that. You know, and it was just, um, just complete full combat all the time, but you know, that was as terrible of an experience as that was and as stressful as that was. I learned so much and I wouldn't change that now because now when when you go into a show and you're like, oh, there's a modern engineer, that's great. Or, oh, there's an RF tech, that's great. And it's sort of like, you know, uh, you start to really focus on little smaller and smaller things and you kind of dive into those at, at, a, at a higher level. But, I mean, having everything just thrown at you and trying to just have to just fight through that and say, ah, you know, <laughs> you know, if I don't get to Tom three at soundcheck, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, we're going to have to, we're going to just see how far down the list we can get. And so I think, you know, I think one of the best experiences you can have is to just take these absolutely horrendously terrible gigs and, and just fight your way through them. And that's the stuff that really makes you uh, learn and, and grow. I love that you said combat. Cause that's totally what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's all good if everything works, but I really when I'm talking to young people, I want to see what their default mode is. And I don't really trust them until they've had some crazy artist screaming in their face. Half the frequencies aren't working. The left wedge isn't getting signal and there's a storm coming. Go, you know? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Now we did, uh, I work, uh, the, local production company around here that I help out with, you know, when they, when they bring in new kids to, 
see if they're going to hire him or take him on for the summer or whatever. We go like, okay, look, basic acoustic duo. We need uh, you know two vocal mics, two DIs, two monitors. Here's a little analog desk. Go ahead and set it all up. And then we kind of leave them alone. And then we come back and we play the artists. And we say, all right, we're going to come in for our sound check. And yeah, let me get a little vocal in the wedge and let me get a little reverb in the wedge. And we start off really patient and then we sort of escalate. And it's not really about expecting them to be able to do everything as much as I want to see how they're going to behave um, when are they going to get flustered when I start getting demanding when I start yelling at them um, because if you can't handle that fake situation of me fake yelling at you in a warehouse it's not going to go well for you on a show and so it's really just of, about <laughs> I was kind of joking when I said like no nah, that's just the way my face looks but like honestly <laughs> it was like maintaining that smile as the as like Danzig or you know some like someone I'm like kind of nervous to work with and then they've got this reputation of like oh this is going to be a little hectic anyway and like can I maintain this kind of like I've got this comfortable grin my eyes are relaxed and on the inside I might be going yeah well F you dude like don't talk to me that way <laughs> but I am going to get that out of the wedge and I will turn it up and I will like continue to kind of smile at you even though I'm not exactly feeling how it's going you know oh, I've seen you get rough before girl you know not to say you're hiding it I've seen you get rough at Monterey World before uh, the, the venue that we worked at was the well it's still there obviously but um, it's kind of like you're on the way up or you're on the way out type venue too so we get everything from oh nine inch nails releasing their new album they're doing an underplay tour there or oh a night with crocus or you know somebody that would be playing a, a casino but it's too far for a lot of the hoosiers to drive um so yeah grace handled it back there it was awesome like there was a that was that was a fun gig to work like it, it's like being in the van. There, there's a couple places that you learn so much so fast that it was so annoying and frustrating that you just want to go back and do it over and over. Yeah. Like you can't even trade it anymore. So even before that, you actually went to school for this thing, which in I'm going to go ahead and call myself out again. I'm old. There wasn't school for this thing when <laughs> I started. Um so, Kyle, do you remember when they invented color? How was that for you? <laughs> Actually, our first TV was black and white. I'm dead serious. Like, that's how... I'm going to be... Oh, holy cow. I got two more years till I'm 50. And I'm 6'3". So, here's the deal. Tall guys die young. How many 90-year-old tall guys do you see? So, Zero. so like, you know after, after being weighted for your height, you're actually, like, 76, I think. No, they're dead, bro. Kyle, years, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> It's great Danes, bro. We only last about eight years. <laughs> oh my gosh! <clears throat> yeah, I, Actually, I started. Where did where did I went out to Mesa Community and for a minute, and then GCC was actually. Uh, Glendale Community College out in West Side Phoenix was setting up their recording program. I actually got to help. Uh, put some of their consoles into place and like learn to solder, you know. And so before I was even like enrolled in anything, I was burning my fingers and having Tourette's, helping them put together patch bays. And um, ah! I, <laughs> dude, and when you forget to put the little sleeve on the thing and then you get the oh, whole thing done, you're apart. stoked and yeah, and then you gotta <laughs> cut it off again. Uh, but I I got hooked up with David Nichols from Living Head Audio was the name of his studio at the time, and he was a teacher at the conservatory, and he pushed me like to not only get like a 
you know, no offense, like a real education where there was a degree behind it, but then also um, do the school, be a project instructor and get those late night hours where I got studio time. I, I finished like four records and I had saved up a little bit of money by the time I even got out of school. So I don't know how much the, the school costs now at the time it was 16 grand and that was a lot of money. So I, I was stoked how, to, how long was it for? It was a two year school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, I was bouncing back and forth between community college classes and then the recording school classes and, you know, night school, which were basically letting all the, little kids do uh the 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 late night stuff and come in and do their projects but a lot of them wouldn't show up so i would use their studio time and uh make my own projects so i learned how to mix you know 5.1 and um we had a small uh live program but it really wasn't big and i think that crass has gotten a bigger program now but at the time it was it was one guy doing one class, and he basically took me aside and was like, you think you're going to do this live sound thing? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, well, if you do, you have to be better than all the guys. So mm-hmm. good luck with that. You know, and, and I don't know if that ended up being true, but, you know, I, and I definitely take seriously uh, a part of this industry that I think some of my counterparts glaze over, which is our network super important. Like if you if you think you're gonna get on a gig and treat someone like shit and not see them again, you are tripping. You know, like we all know each other. We're all in this together because at the end of the day, you can't do a concert by yourself. And um, I've been on tours where like magically, you know, somebody gets fired all of a sudden, or heaven forbid, like you know, a parent dies or their their kid's born and they're not there. They're up and out, and like the gig goes on without you. Mm-hmm. You know. We'll always figure out a way to to get it going. So, I I tell people like, don't wait till you're thirsty to dig the well. Um, I won't name any names, but Kyle and I have a friend that only emails me when he wants something mm. and when he wants a gig. And I had to tell him right before Christmas this year. I was just like, Nah, dude, we're done with this. Like, I never talk to you. you. You know, you never call me about anything. We never work on gigs together, and you only call me when you want something, which leads me to believe that like you're getting canned from things unexpectedly like, I, I'm just not going to support this so stop sending me the uh, you got a gig for me email you know like we got to invest in our in our network and our time together and I offer uh, value to people in my world without them asking for it you know and I encourage everyone else to do the same if, if you're going to do this for like a full time 20 year career Kyle generally will only hit up the uh we have a podcast host group text and he's generally only in that if he wants to talk about tacos so uh, kyle i think i see i see right through your your motives there kyle i know it's, i know what you're getting at man well that that's <laughs> another thing see i haven't been on tour in a few years now that i work for a manufacturer and i do the home thing like you you tend to miss food like one night i'll be craving hot dogs curry curry worst as they're called from german truck stops like something super random you know what i mean like this thing is gross yeah donner kebab like uh, and then of course tacos because i don't live in arizona anymore and missouri's pretty lame it's like they they shouldn't be even called tacos it tastes like ketchup it's like you got a taco in the uk i don't want to tell you how many times in the last 
24 hours I've eaten tacos. Ah. It's funny because I was going to bring up that Grace, you're in good company because so you know on on your Instagram you have a you have a shirt on and the back is a piece of gaff tape. On the back it says, "Don't talk to me. I'm working (laughs) and thinking about tacos." (laughs) (laughs) You you had said, "No way, I'm the only tech who uh, with tech with salsa in their work box." So uh, yes, uh, this is uh, we. It's we instead of um, using a click track of BPMs to measure out our podcast, we we do it. It's you know it's a TPM taco per minute. That, how many tacos we talk about per minute? No, anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I live on tacos. You gotta have them. Yes, That's it, funny it, that that piece of gaff tape I was at a festival. I was getting super frustrated because there was just the friendliest young people that like wanted to talk about the gig. I had a console out that like a lot of people aren't familiar with and they wanted to touch it, talk about it, you know, and I was just like, finally, I looked at my, my system engineer and I was like, what the fuck, (laughs) you know? And he was like, writing on his thing, uh, don't talk to me. And when like put it on the console, I was like, no, put it on my back. Like, let's (laughs) let's do this for real. Like I, I look way friendlier than I am. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of, uh, like your hard work that you've gone through from early on in your career, uh, you know, I've listened to you on a couple of podcasts, uh, the MXU podcast, uh, and you had a, a, a quote, a quote that really stuck out to me enough that I wrote it down. <laughs> um, and it was, you can't coast anywhere, but down, uh, and as someone who aspires to, you know, living at the never stop learning mentality, I don't think you can ingrain that enough into people um and and it was just a, a powerful statement that I don't I don't think you can sum up the conversation of never stop learning better than that of you can't coast anywhere but down. That goes for our teams too. Like, yeah, in our in our personal development, our personal growth. You know, if you're on Facebook and you're just scrolling like a dum dum, you know, just just remember, like, you could be spending your time on Facebook looking at blogs that are related to your industry. You don't be you don't have to be you know, scoping out what everyone back home's doing. Like, uh, that's the only value I hear from it is actually that my friends, uh, w- one of my buddies from Flogging Molly was saying like, hey, there's a S6L uh, blog on there that's got like all sorts of stuff and you can download these little um, uh, sample sessions and load them and see the way that they have their snapshots formatted. Like, you can go full nerd on Facebook. You don't have to be mindlessly scrolling you know but that quote was actually related to our team building and uh again that that network like not letting your relationship slide and making sure that you're you know as a team developing in the direction of what you all want you know which is a successful show not a lot of drama uh and you know that when people remember you they don't remember how many, you know, like I could list off all the famous people I'd worked for, but after the end of a gig, they're not going to remember that. They're not going to remember anything but how they're not, they might not even remember which bands were on the bill, you know, or what gear we used, what PA we hung, but they're going to remember like, oh, I was on that gig with Grace and Kyle and they treated me solid and the show went well. And, you know, that's really it. So like, yeah, putting in the effort and making sure that we're all growing in the right direction. For the record, I liked the thirsty comment too. That was good. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sort of, I mean, it's right along the lines of what we talked about with Jimmy Akabuski last week. It's sort of like every time you're spending time on something, you know, I'm always asking myself, like, is this something that I'm going to be okay having spent time on? Like, if I just kind of go, wow, I just spent an hour on that, you know, how am I going to feel about that? Am I going to be okay with that? Or I'm going to be, like, ashamed that I was just looking up, you know, nacho recipes for an hour or something <laughs> instead of, because it's all out there. I mean, like you're pointing out, like, anything you want to learn about in audio, there's blogs, there's videos, there's endless textbooks and studies and all sorts of incredible resources and it's just really everyone just says oh i just can't find the time and i'm like well you know i think you found 20 minutes to play you know temple run or whatever that is today so, so call of duty it, bro it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's and a you mentioned thing. you mentioned that mxu podcast we did talk uh, a bit about money on there and that's kind of something in our industry we don't chat about too often is like you know being transparent about how much money you make and um, you know, I just, I love the idea of you, you really are what you invest in, whether that's with your money or your time, you know, and I do get kids all the time that are like, how do I quit my job? I want to go on tour. I'm like, let me see your bank statements. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, let me see your last three months of bank statements. I'll tell you what you're invested in. You know, if you're you know, it's one thing like you're buying gear or you've got a goal in mind, a financial goal in mind. But if you're spending all your money on on pot and tacos, it's like, you know, I really do think that you could reallocate some of your resources and your time better. How you know, if that's tacos? really what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to eat, man. You got to eat. <laughs> well, you know, I think the other thing is I, a lot of young people are really they get into live sound. I think the primary interest for a lot of people is, is the mixing. Um, and it's all about that console. And, you know, we had a couple of the young people, they were out, you know, again, you know, when I go out and do shows with local production companies, they're like, Hey, you know, we got a couple of new, new people and, you know, see which ones you think are pulling their weight and see which ones you think we should bring on. And so, you know, a lot of times my recommendation or not is going to be somebody getting a job offer or not. And we had uh, a person who was, only interested in the console, and it was a two-day load-in and build, and all they want to do is flip that console and sit there and stare at it. I'm like, yo, that's 9% of this job, you know, on a, on a good day. Like, we don't even have the points up yet. So, if you want to be a valuable member of, of this crew and you want a job, like, we're not even worrying about the console till, till tomorrow, and you're going to have to kind of get out of that box. It's like, okay, you like mixing, that's cool. I like mixing too, but there's a lot more to this, and, you know, you're really going to have to just have that patience and say, yeah, look, you know, I like mixing, but, you know, there's a lot of other things I need to learn if I want this job and if I want to do it well. And so I think, um, you know, you can't, you can't be so focused on that one thing that you are, in, you know, you're actually damaging yourself. You're damaging your own chances at moving forward because you're, you're not open-minded enough to, I mean, like no one likes pushing cases. I don't like pushing cases, but I have to do it. It's part of the job. You know, no one likes running the snake through the theater aisles, but I have to do it. It's part of the job. And if you don't want to do those things, um, I got bad news for you, you know? The stagehands kind of creep me out in certain areas. Like, I'll I'll rather be a team of one. So, like, I'm the first person to be like, I'll run the snake. Right. I'll crawl under the deck. I'll pull feeder. Like, you guys go do everything else, and I'll just be right. by myself under the under the stage. Probably well, I like that it's place. like, is, well, my thing is like, okay, well, I know I know it's done the way I want it, too. You know, there, there's value in that. I ended up one time, someone said, hey, I'll run your drive snake for you. And I ended up with a cardioid subway that fired backwards into the parking lot. So it's like, <laughs> like, no, I'll just do that. You know, you, you, yeah, you go, the, there's always lighting to be hung for some reason, however 
you know, whatever status the audio is in, lighting still needs to be hung all the time. Uh, so go hang some lights or something. <laughs> but, well, and no. now I'm getting to do like major uh, production managing for these multi-stage festivals. Like I do this uh, festival here in LA every year. And last year I had five stages, 42 artists across three days, you know, and I would never in the world got that opportunity if I hadn't learned all the departments. And if I'm not running snakes and talking to the network guy, how would I understand like at Super Bowl, we got to get the, this feed from there to there. Like how would I understand uh, the network guy's job if I hadn't had to work with the network guy, the lighting guy, same thing. Like I've gotten to do these calm gigs where I'm like the calm mixer for nine departments on this ginormous pop gig and how in the world would I understand what the lighting team needs for their comm if I hadn't, in a previous gig, they'd been like, Grace, here's the comm package. And I'm looking at it like, I don't even know what this is, you know? <laughs> and and fast forward 10 years, like, I can set up comm on the most intricate, crazy build, you know? And you only get that way by by being brave enough to step away from the desk and do something that you're like, I don't know what that is. Kids, I'm going to get my hands crushed. where the money's at. Yeah. I, I have a friend in LA, Compton Dave. Dave, Dave Reyna does comm all the time and he loves it. And he's an insane engineer as well. Like, I'm like, what are you doing, bro? And he goes, comm, homie. <laughs> Making loot. <laughs> it's, like, it's like cans with strings. It's so fun. It is. <laughs> My buddy Andrew Stokely does broadcast audio mixing for uh, you know NFL and and uh, NBA and I think he does a lot of stuff from Canada with the curling and the hockey and and he always you know he puts these pictures up of uh, you know here's my rig today and he's like yeah I'm mixing 174 outputs today I'm just like what I'm mixing two like it's just it's a different world man but I I I am so you know always pinging him and being like hey can you tell me about this and i just want to know i just want to know everything it's so cool and it's such a different world you know and uh, same thing with like theater mix i don't get to do a lot of that so to me it's all about hey i don't understand this tell me something tell me more about it it's a, it's a new world and and you know that all just kind of goes in there and simmers around somewhere and someday you're going to pull that out and be like oh i remember how someone else uses all that problem and and there you go so to me it's yeah, just someone like, will ask those you horizons. can you do it yep and you're yep. gonna be like yeah i can do that i actually yep. can I may not have done it before now, but I have seen it done, and I know how to do it, and I'm going to do it. And then, ta-da, next, fast forward three gigs, you've done it three times, yeah. you know? Well, I think there's like a huge everybody difference between having... Everybody does it once. Yeah, I, the difference between having some context and having no context is enormous. I like your idea of putting a price on that. That must have stirred up some shit. Like, that, that is something that is, like, the unspoken thing, is your product, what your product is. I mean... And, and how much it costs. Like, kids always ask me that too. It's like, man, I, I'm pushing cases. I'm only making 100 bucks a day or 200 bucks or a four hour call or whatever. There is no industry standard for that thing. Like, I live in St. Louis now, and um, the day rate here isn't the day rate in one city away in Nashville. You know what I mean? It's, it's an odd thing to talk about. And when you're talking about what kind of product you provide, obviously having all those things underneath your belt is going to push you up to that next level as well. And you can start asking for money. I mean, mm -hmm. um, maybe not at the beginning is a good time to ask for money. Just ask for the knowledge at that point, you know, and keep working. Like you said, I, I can't count the endless times that people would be like, the desk comes off the truck and they're the first one to grab it to go to help you tip it. It's like, dude, 
we still have half a truck here. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Easy, homie. I know it's the easiest thing to push out to front of house. Why do you think I brought it with me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very last gig I loaded in, one of the kids like attacked me. The truck door had just opened, and he's like, "Okay, what's the input list? What's your output patch?" Uh, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, dude. I looked at my watch. I, I have only had half a cup of coffee, and we're at least three hours away from that conversation. Like, go to have breakfast. <laughs> not not going to happen. How, how do you feel about feeder? <laughs> what's the next thing that you're going out on? Are you going to take a tour here soon, or are you home for a bit, or what's the story? Well, I did take a tour last year. For the last three or four years, I've been trying to curb my touring, and... Uh, and I've keep giving in to the tour bus. It's fun, you know, and then there's total parts of it that suck. Um, instant message me and I'll, I'll give you the real deal about all the things that suck about it. Because <laughs> I feel like kids are super excited. They want to get that experience. They want to get all the stamps in their passport. And then, you know, as you all know, it becomes a J-O-B like so quick. You know, you start to miss your family, you start to get tired or sick, you know, and you're like, I don't want to do this today. And you you can't take a day off because you've got two months left. It's not going to happen, you know. Um, so over the last couple of years, I've been trying to curb my touring and, and concentrate on the multi-stage festivals because, you know, that background of, of doing the damn thing a couple hundred or now a thousand times I have the experience and it's so much fun to get to order all the pieces you know I'm ordering staging and I'm getting to hire my own audio and lighting vendors and these are relationships I've been building over 17 years anyway so it's really not difficult um and and Honestly, my network's saving my butt and making me look like a total boss. Last year, I got to do Madonna out on the pier in New York City. And, you know, I there were a couple of requests that I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do about that, you know? And, ha- and remembering like, oh, yeah, my buddy at SIR owes me. I'm going to call and wake him up. And, you know, it, if, if he hadn't woken up and answered his cell and had it, you know, I wouldn't have had that material for the 630 rehearsal load in and you know their pm was just like dang i can't believe you pulled that off and i'm kind of nodding like oh yeah no big deal but in my mind i'm thinking like yeah me neither (laughs) (laughs) but i i needed that i and i also needed um you know one of my mentors that does all those big shows in vegas like name any pop star that's in vegas that's his gig and uh I called him and was like able to ask those embarrassing questions. You don't really want to ask your boss or your vendor, like, why do I need two barges for fireworks? I don't understand, you know? And, and he's like, duh, one's for the crew and one's for the pyro. And you're like, Oh yeah, duh. But you know, you're embarrassed to ask that to people you're working with, but you, you can call, like, I know I can call Kyle if one of my consoles has got smoke coming out of the back of it <laughs> and I'm going to call him first and then call my boss probably second or third. You know? <laughs> I'll that, cry uh, with you and then we'll just talk <laughs> crap about it. We'll be like, yeah, that console. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that networking relationship side of it, you kind of alluded to earlier as well. You never know when you're going to need a resource in the future. So like I've been a big fan of just never burning bridges. I mean, uh, you know, I, 
you know, I worked at a company for Maryland Sound for six or seven years, and here I am. I'm now ten years removed from that company, and there's still times where I, you know, I need to get some gear from them. Or, you know, we got the call to do the Super Bowl parade when the Eagles, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, won, right? And, um, you know, we're, you know, we're a corporate production company. We're not this, you know. They were expecting, um, you know, anywhere from half a million to two million people to show up to this parade, right? And it's like, okay, so I need resources. Uh, in a week <laughs> to, to cover this, right? <laughs> you know, and so, uh, oh, and it's got to get deployed in two days. What? You know, so, ha- you know, I was able to call them and, and, and have those resources, but had I left on a bad note and stuff like that, I wouldn't be able to make calls overnight like that. Um, and so no, I, that relationship thing is, I, the first, uh, like, second tour I did, um, the sound designer, little did I know, you know, 10 years later, he's now my DPA microphone rep. You know what I mean? So, like, had I been an ass to him on that tour, you know, I might not be uh, authorized DPA dealer right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, those different things that, that matter. So relationships matter so much. Right. One of my assistants early on uh, is now, you know, developing on the very front end for processing. You know, I mean, he's doing some stuff with these processors that is just insane. Like recreating the sound of a room with the speakers you know like just i yeah i don't know how much i'm allowed to tell you about what he's developing (laughs) but it's insane like my mind is still blown and and what i thought i knew about sound is getting totally twisted but you know you got to remember like young people like he was i don't know 19 or something the first tour he did with me and you know, they they become the next generation. Kyle and I were just talking about that last week. Like the young people are the ones that we need to be soliciting to to join in with our forces, with our network. And you know, I mean, yeah, he might be asking young young dumb questions, but like, be nice to the kid. He's probably going to be your boss yeah. someday. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. absolutely. I, I love it all comes first full circle. Like everyone has the same part of their story now after doing this for a bit. Uh, that's probably one episode that we probably have to address some other time is uh, the out. The out. When What's you stop. The retirement plan? Yeah. What is your plan? I like how you asked about the bank account because if it started out as tacos and weed when you're 50, like hopefully it's not tacos and weed anymore. <laughs> I mean, um, because you get less strength. You can't unload trucks anymore. You can't go out on the road. You got family at home. You're working corporate gigs. Like, you know, a lot of us are, what is it? W nine where you don't pay anything to the end of the year. And then we end up with thousands of dollars of taxes owed at the end of the year. Cause we're independent contractors. Like those are things that people don't talk about either. Like mm-hmm. when, when I was a younger gentleman, I had all these engineers that I used to look up to and I just watched them lose their hearing and then one of the dudes is in the news now and it's like bad things happen if you don't have an out program for this. And like you said, it's addictive. Like you want to be back on the bus sometimes. Like you need to be on the boat and going into venues and it drags you back into it. But what's the out? You know, you got to take care of yourself. Um, it's cool that it's cool that you're doing that. decisions. Uh, I always like try to actually like be brave enough to write it down. 
Like if you <laughs> if you can't write it down what your goal is and what your um like your values are, then you're gonna have a hard time anytime you gotta make a decision like that. No and paper so, trails over here. No Well, paper you can trails. eat it or burn it afterwards, <laughs> but like if it's legit and you can't write it down, then it's probably not legit. And for me, my mentors, I saw them like making decisions to to save their money. And both of them bought property up in uh, like one of them's got a big chunk of land in Wyoming. The other one's got a big chunk of land in Idaho. So the very first time I got a damn, I'm a baller tour, I uh, bought a, a little house in Montana you know, and I paid as much on it as I could at the time. And, you know, I made a decision to move into a boat and not get another $3,000 a month apartment in LA. And I'm able to, you know, that's my retirement plan because there's not a 401k in this industry. You know, you, you don't have paternity leave or maternity leave or whatever. You know, like if you're going to do those things, I remember the very first panel I ever sat on, you know, they asked questions at the end and the this kid in the front row raised his hand real excited. I was like, oh, it's going to be a great question. He's like, so when are you going to make time for a family? And I literally wanted to like flip over the desk at him, you know, but in retrospect, it's like, it's a good question, like to know, is that something that's important to you? Is that is having a family important to you? Are you going to save up for that? You know, it's you, if you get some financial advice early on from some people that have done the damn thing, you will make small steps in that direction. And you have time if you're making that choice at a young age, you know, any financial planner can put you on, on the path to be pretty darn successful but you're gonna have to start like taking those little steps and I don't think there's a lot of people in our industry that talk like that you know uh, I got those two mentors but I would say everyone else just spends their PDs like it's gonna keep coming forever you know and you keep you keep saying talking about your mentors I, I just want to kind of for a second just kind of harp on the importance of having a mentor or having mentors that you can call and talk to and kind of get help navigating stuff that they've dealt with a thousand times and you haven't dealt with yet. Um, I'm very fortunate to have pretty astounding list of incredible mentors in my life. And I'm getting to that point in my career where I'm starting to mentor um, some younger people who are starting to come up in the field. And, and I have an apprentice and we try to, you know, put some time together a couple of times a week to sit down and, and look at what she's working with and, see you know what she's struggling with and what she needs help understanding and i'm still calling my mentors and asking them stuff and and so i would encourage people to kind of think about both aspects of that um you know think about reaching out and it's really it's literally just i mean my mentor ethan weiner i literally just called him and i'm like you should tell me stuff i just cold called him up at his house and and so i you know now now we chat all the time and it's great but um if if that's something that you're you're you know desiring don't let anything stop you from just asking that person to share their knowledge with you. Um, and I've had nothing but positive responses. And, and at the same time, if, if you're kind of getting to that point in your career where you're a little more established and you're starting to build up your knowledge and experience, you know, maybe think about the other side of that. Maybe think about talking to, you know, the local colleges, the recording programs, production companies, and find those people who are up and coming in the field and, and you know, are struggling with the things that you were struggling with and, and try to reach out and see what you can do to, to get those people on the right path. End of soapbox. <laughs> I, I have to pray to my mentors because I'm so old. 
that's amazing. No, it, it's a good thing to have. Like, um, I, I, I never really feel like anybody looks up to me. But I look um, up to you because you're two inches what, taller than me. Yeah, true. But um, I, I, I always like to give that helping hand. Like, like you said, when you sit on a panel, there's something about that. Like, Kyle Chernside, I'm sitting on a panel. People actually give a shit about what we're going to talk about today. Like that, that's amazing to me. But, um. I remember when I was coming up, and like I said, we didn't have school for this, so I went to broadcast school for a second. I went to studio to cut tape for a bit. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, but those stories drive these kids. And just even telling the stupid little punk rock van stories, oh, so-and-so got branded, or uh, I can't believe he ate that thing. Like those kids, those kids will call you forever, man. Or if you're part of an event, like Grace and I, we probably saw some really ridiculous shit go down at the venue, and um, we we touch base. But having a mentor probably one of the better things that you can do for yourself in this business for sure. Um, don't think you know it all. Always, like I'm still learning stuff. Like being being on this podcast with you two guys, I learn a ton. Like um, it, it's fun for me still. So. I'm still trying to find an out. Like I wanted to be a shoe cobbler. That wasn't going to work out too well. Um, you know, right now I'm just a dad and a manufacturer guy. So it's pretty cool, but um, it, it's cool that kids will take the time out to call you and ask you things that you are scared to ask in front of a group of people, man. Yeah. Uh, which is important because it's so hard to it's so hard to get over that sort of internal bump like hey you know I'm going to admit right now to someone I look up to that I don't know something that's hard that's hard to do you know and so I think you have to be very uh very careful of that and very respectful of that Kyle you know Kyle and I did a couple panels together last March I think it was <laughs> out at out at Webster and it was so funny I like we did the uh, I think our first one was a troubleshooting panel and Kyle you were like wicked late for that I think you just you Kyle you you I was troubleshooting like, you just you just came in the door and started talking like as you were walking down to where the band <laughs> but it was funny because I was at AES a couple months ago and some kid came up to me and he said, Hey, you know, I saw you, you on that troubleshooting panel and you and Kyle, I learned a lot from you guys. And, and so people are listening, man. And, and so, you know, even taking the time out to do something that seems insignificant, people, they're listening, they're paying attention. And I mean, you can really you do some positive stuff there. So, so even though you were late, Kyle, you did, uh, you did make some, some positive waves there, man. Uh, Try to bring the smile to the room, you know, I didn't want to fight everybody yet. <laughs> Part of the, uh, maybe an alternate sign to the mentorship, um, is, so, you know, I work a little bit in a different environment in that I manage a team, uh, of people. And, um, one of the hard things that I had to learn was, um, you know, being being the director of the department or whatever. I'm responsible for. I'm supposed to be the guy who, you know, quote unquote, knows everything, right? Uh, which is obviously not the case. Uh, and but it was something I had to grow into was uh, having someone who's coming up under me who starts like maybe surpassing me in certain areas in terms of knowledge and bandwidth and depth and and growth or whatever. Um, a being okay with that it's an internal struggle and that that's just a, a personal vulnerable thing that you know I had to kind of work through um, but um, also making sure that like other people on the team know that they can go to that person and just uh, and um, I, I guess 
what I what I'm trying to get at is uh, if you have people who are working with you under underneath you beside you, uh, be okay with not having all the answers and saying, "Hey, you may think I have all these answers, but I don't." But hey, this guy here does, and, and just being able to recognize that and don't try to fake it till you make it with an answer. Uh, and so I, you know, I'll be the first one to to tell people that are working with working under me or with me, like, "Hey, I don't know this answer, but I know the person who does," uh, and it, it's going to be a way better result than me trying to uh, fake an answer just so that I look good. Well, that's oh, my the favorite. whole thing, you know? Oh, God. The, the, the guru thing, like, you know, I, I name me some obscure topic and I will, I will find you somebody who knows all about that thing. Like, Chris, Chris, I think probably three times this last week, Chris has been working on um, SPL monitoring and metering and all that fun stuff. And it, he, he keeps going, hey, man, you busy? Can I call you? Can I ask you something? I love that, though. I love it because, you know, that's something that I've been studying for the better part of a year now, and I'm working on, you know, projects that have to do with that. And so so that's kind of been my little rabbit hole for the last couple months. And so, yeah, call me up. I want to talk about that. And so, Chris, I love that you're always like, okay, so I set this thing up, and I tried it, and I measured it. And, you know, what do you think the best way to do this is? I love that kind of exploring, and I think that's that's just so fun. And, and you know, as long as you have that list of, like, okay, who's the nerd for this topic, let me call the nerd and find out. You know, that's 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 it right there, man. That's that's the best thing right there. I picked up this high tech piece of gear. Maybe you've seen one of these before. Is <laughs> no. that pretty pretty cool, right? What does that do? It's a cassette tape deck. Well, what sort of batteries does that take? Does it take C batteries or double A batteries? Double A. Oh my gosh. I bet it sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> it's analog warmth, man. <laughs> it's amazing. Listen to it, though. Like, uh, when you come along that stuff, the old formats really sound like garbage. They really do. <laughs> My first I, recordings are disgustingly beautiful. Really? They're so, they're so ugly. They're, they just sound so bad, they're good, you know? Like, two microphones, distorted tape, some guy screaming, throwing things. Ugh. Yeah, awesome. that was like your first band's record, pretty much, right? Wasn't that? I actually have it laying here somewhere. <laughs> Some guy screaming and throwing things was the name yeah. of the record. Yeah. Little there they are. Yeah. space metal from 1980, no, 1992. New podcast theme song, I think we'll do that. We'll have to figure out how to rip it off the tape somehow. <laughs> See, and that's what I'm working on right now. And I read a couple of your um, interviews, like your last one for Pro Sound Web Grace, and you're talking about the more broadcast stuff that you're doing. And so you kind of are going back to your roots where you started kind of the studio environment broadcast. I mean, are, are you doing the Super Bowl this year or was that just a one time thing? Yeah, I've actually been involved on in one facet or another since 2015. It's one of the largest events that we consistently do in the U.S. every year. You know, there's a couple hundred thousand people or more mobbing into whatever city we're in, a few million people watching on TV or online. So there are a ton of roles to be filled. I started off property mixing stages. Now I'm getting to lead audio teams on property. So it's really exciting. The broadcast and networking nerds are teaching me a ton. That's where I'm personally being stretched to grow because with Facebook Live and YouTube Live, the broadcast trucks are a staple on so many of my festival sites now. Uh, it's fun at these events to watch the touring front of house mixer for the band do the mad dash. You know, 
often uh, on some sites you get a few minutes delay to go review the mix in the broadcast truck before it's live and off, you know. And uh, so I've seen some great stadium sprints from some of my favorite front of house engineers over the years. Anyway, good good work, guys. Uh, anyway, yeah, some exciting stuff happening this year stepping up our game like you would not believe and that goes for all the sites I plan on doing this year the the buzzword in the industry is inclusive you know we're looking to make an inclusive experience like surrounding the audience and the way we're designing and hanging the arrays and building out the stages it's supposed to be a street to seat experience the the party starts the minute you park your car so the matrix mixers and the network teams really have their work cut out for them. Uh, it's going to happen in touring, sporting, gaming events, churches. You know, you can expect to see it in a lot of places you attend this year. Um, you know, we got to give these folks a mind-blowing experience. So it can't be the same experience they had last year. And I love to tell you, uh, you touched on it, you know, that, your young people, you know, outgrow you and, and their knowledge and, you know, technology is one of those things like the technology we partied on, uh, didn't exist when our mentors first started touring. You know, when I walked in to my first recording studio, they were installing Pro Tools for the first time. That was their first digital platform. And just coming out of school, I was already more of an expert on it than the studio owner. You know, so being okay with like hiring people that are smarter than you, you know, like on those ginormous festivals, like there's no way. I literally would have no idea how to do half that stuff if our team members hadn't figured it out on another gig and are willing to share the information and you know they're not stingy with the information they want to empower each other to like hey can we do it like this next time and as a pm i'm this lucky like fly on a wall because i get to hear everybody's complaints and what they want to change for next year and the year after that and i i just love it i absolutely love it i think that 2020 is going to be insane for technology and for what we're going to do as far as the events go. So, Grace, I always ask this when we're when we're getting to wrap up because we have a lot of young people that listen to our podcast, and and uh, that reminds me, thank you to the thank you to the folks that wrote in an email this week and and sent their thoughts and their questions. So, continue to do that, guys. Signal number two noise podcast at gmail.com and you can hit up Kyle and Chris on their various social media things. I don't. I don't go near, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, when, if you have, uh, you know, uh, young people that are listening to this and they're interested in, in what Grace is doing in the career that she's had and those opportunities, Grace, what, what, um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to, uh, kind of follow in your footsteps? Uh, I think Kyle hit the nail on the head. I think it's, uh, you know, confidence over ego. Uh, your ego is going to try to convince you that you're better than you are, or it could actually psych you out and keep you from doing something that you should step up and do because it's time, you know, like not necessarily digging in to why, why people see value in you. Why do they want you on that panel with them? Why do they want you on that team with them? Like it's time to step up and do it. So 
you know, just remember confidence is built out of uh, your past experiences. It's also built out of your network and people that when you look around are A-level and they trust this, they wouldn't hang out with you if you aren't too. So, you know, having having legit confidence, avoiding an ego that's going to tell you that you're hot shit when you're not and and just keeping keeping rooted in that and moving forward. You know, don't give up. If if it's what you really want, just keep on. That's awesome. That's a, yeah, and uh, and also go out and get duct tape and write. Uh, don't talk to me. Put on the back of your shirt. And between those two things, you will do. To, to be fair, I do I do take it off the minute the gig's wrapping. You know, like, I do I do want them to come up and ask questions. It's just like might not be right now. Not, not everybody seems to understand. Like I'm working. This isn't a party yeah. for me. See, I have no beers. Right. I have zero beers. (laughs) When I have beers and tacos in my hand, then we can start chatting. I did a a festival. I got that 12-pack from Taco Bell. I just had to make it at the beginning of the day, and I just kept it with me in front of the house, and I would just snack on it as as the day went on. Just had unlimited cold tacos. I was about I'm to say drop that, that, ship that, all of you real tacos immediately. <laughs> something that ends in Bertos, whatever it is. Oh, wait, no, I had burritos. burritos for lunch, but I was going to say this is the highest TPM per uh, episode we've had. Just saying, I, I'm, I'm going to coin that. By the way, we're yeah. going to measure our episodes in TPM per minute. Yeah, yeah, some sort of new metric. Grace, uh, thanks for hanging out. Like yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. Yes, thank you. Absolutely, it was so awesome to get to see you, dude. All I, of you. I, I stalk your uh, Instagram all the time because it, it's cool. Like um, after a while, you start picture, like posting pictures of things that are just happening in your life. Like there for a while, it was like, oh, check out this desk and where I'm at and this thing. And then then it just turns into pictures of life because you learn to um, enjoy that time. So I know you're I'm doing at, well. I'm at Grace Music. If anybody wants to instant message me I'm, I love chatting with uh, people about this stuff I think we can all agree we love getting the call and going full blown nerd so don't hesitate yeah and I'll, I'll plug for people to go listen to your stuff over at uh, you're now a new co-host at MXU right MXU podcast that's the plan if they'll have me that's right yeah. uh, I uh, you know it's funny Jeff and the guys they joke about how you you know when you're coming out on your uh, leadership book and stuff like that and uh <laughs> I'll, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll second. I mean, I think uh, some of the greatest stuff you've, you've talked about on there is some of the leadership you've done. So I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate um, those conversations just as much as a technical conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been fun. I think I told her on the phone that we'd be super techie and nerdy, and then we just weren't. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about anything nerdy. Well, I guess I did talk about, you know, how you were talking about not, uh, not leaning on the technology too much and actually like walking, you know, I really wanted to press that. So I'm glad we got a chance to, to talk about that. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in. And if you have questions for us or for grace, make sure to hit us up and you can find all of the information in the description of this podcast. And, uh, please make sure to tune in very soon and also visit your local taco establishment. Taco, taco, taco.